0: What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Moynihan. I play Orca on Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is my spoiler review of The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 5, The Return of the Mandalorian. Uh, I haven't been reviewing The Book of Boba Fett for this podcast. I had been reviewing all the episodes of The Mandalorian, and because this turned out to be an episode of The Mandalorian, I thought I would talk about it for a few minutes, uh, because... It's just kind of crazy to think that the way they have Star Wars now, you can have a show called The Book of Boba Fett, but not have Boba Fett in it. Um, Of course, his... And again, this is spoilers. Uh, So you have his uh, cohort, Fennec Shand, show up at the very end uh, to recruit uh, Din Djarin uh, for the mission we've already seen in The Book of Boba Fett. But now this is about The Mandalorian. It's Din Djarin the whole way. Um, no Grogu because he is still training with Luke, um, much to my, my toddler's dismay. Uh, he wanted to, he has come to enjoy the, the baby Yoda's daddy's show. And, uh, when he said, Oh, I want to watch Bobo Fett. And so I turned on this episode and he, he wanted to know where baby Yoda was. And so he kind of got disinterested. So I turned on, um, uh, chapter 10 cause he likes the, uh, uh the snow spiders. Anyway, now um, I watched the episode uh, early this morning with our, my oldest son, little Han, and our uh, baby daughter, the princess. And we, I mean, we enjoyed it. Uh, this one it was written by John Favreau, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who is on an amazing streak. She has three solid Star Wars TV episodes under her belt. Hopefully, she does a lot more because uh, she does a great job, uh, just like her father. And, um, no, we, we, I mean, we enjoyed it as a Mandalorian episode, even though it d- didn't do much for the book of Boba Fett and I'll get into it, but I think this is setting up the Mandalorian season three. And if they're still doing that multi-show um, kind of team up special that they teased at the investor um, meeting, I think that was the end of 2020. That Kathleen Kennedy mentioned. Because at the time it was the Book of Boba Fett. um, The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and Rangers of the New Republic. Ahsoka is filming soon. There are rumors about the casting there. But we don't know if Rangers of the New Republic will still happen. Um, But I think we have a clear picture of what's uh, yet to come. For the the Mandoverse, as you say. Like this five to six years after the Battle of Endor era. Uh, this is not a full, just take it apart review. I'm just going to go through for a few minutes and talk about you know what, we, what was revealed in the episode. You know, when the episode first starts and you see Din Djarin on whatever that ring space station is. I don't know if it's been in uh, Legends or anything before, but Little Han really liked it. He, he, he called it the ring because, you know, they, other than Rogue One, they don't do planet titles on the on the screen, um, you know, is it just a space station? Is it, um, like a a ring around a planet? We, we didn't see that. I think, what was the the Matt Damon movie Elysium? I think, um, there was a space station similar to this, but that was a cool setting. And turns out when you see the first part of the episode, you think, okay, he's collecting a bounty. And then, Fennec, Shannon, Boba Fett will walk up and say, hey, we need you for this job. And the rest of the episode is them kind of planning it back on Tatooine, which was not the case. Uh, Again, I'm not complaining. It was a great Mandalorian episode. It just wasn't a Boba Fett episode. And the whole time you're expecting Boba Fett to show up, it's kind of like um, the Poochie episode of The Simpsons where, you know, they're all, they think they're going to go to the fireworks factory and Poochie's talking to them on the side of the road and Millhouse is like, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? It's kind of like that. It's like, when's Boba Fett going to show up? But no, no, that's not what this was about. Um, so let's talk about what it was about. So as we find out that that station is where the remainder of the Mandalorian covert from season one of the Mandalorian is now, uh, the armor and Paz Vizsla have survived, um, it, it was great to see them back. You know, we missed them in season two of the Mandalorian. Emily Swallow is back as the armorer. That's John Favreau doing the bo- voice of Paz Vizsla, which uh, of course he played the voice of, and I forgot his first name, uh, the other Vizsla in uh, Clone Wars. So he's kind of the family voice and, and it works out because, you know, we learned, even though we, Learn, knew this on, from Rebels. We learned that the history of the Darksaber, it was forged by the Jedi Tarvisla a thousand years ago. He was the first Mandalorian Jedi. And I guess the big reveal here is that we find out what the Night of a Thousand Tears was. It wasn't, you know, when thinking back to Chapter 8 of The Mandalorian, we thought that it had to do with the Siege of Mandalore, which we eventually saw in the Clone Wars when Ahsoka defeated Amal. But no, this is post-Rebels, once bo had the Darksaber, the Empire attacked Mandalore, and we actually see the destruction of the dome capital city of Cenduri. Um, which, it's, it's insane that we waited all this time to see live-action Mandalore, and we see the destruction of the capital city that was in so many episodes of Clone Wars. and uh, So that was very shocking. Uh, to see what the empire did. Um, you know, they solely put the fault at Moff Gideon's feet who, as we learned is, um, you know, imprisoned by the new Republic. So we'll see if he returns somehow. And, uh, the Beskar spear is melted down into a grif- a gift for Grogu, which, um, of course it's in a little baggy and the way she tied it it looks like his little ears. Um, because we saw what almost looked like pieces of chain mail dropping. Um, I'm going to guess it's a neck. It's a Beskar necklace with the gear shift knob as the centerpiece. And then he had that, um, fashioned, uh, together by the armor. It's not really armor for Grogu, but it's, you know, it'd be something Mandalorian for him to wear. If he has this little Jedi robes back, um, so there, there's that, and then, uh, you know, we get a clear explanation, which I figured would happen at some point. The explanation that because Bo-Katan was gifted the Darksaber by Sabine Wren, that pretty much brought a curse on the Mandalorian way. And because it was not one in combat, um, that's why the near destruction of the, their people happened. And there's mention that you know Denjarin, once he reveals that he has taken his helmet off and he's no longer in the covert, he can only be welcomed back if he goes to the the waters of the mines of Mandalore. Which I mean, they've been setting it up. They're going to Mandalore at some point. For a while, I guessed that that was that come together series of all this, of all the little series in this era it's looking more like it's that's season three of the Mandalorian is the return to Mandalore. And, um, you know, at first you thought maybe it's a liberation of Mandalore. Maybe there's an Imperial occupation, but it looks like they, it's desolate now. So it's about bringing it back and taking back the planet. So that's my guess that that's Mandalorian season three is the reclaiming of Mandalore. And then if they do that big event series, it's going to be something else. Um, for a while, I thought maybe that, that would be the search for Ezra, but that, you know, nothing's confirmed, but that could or could not be the plot of the Ahsoka series. So we'll see. Anyway, good to have Pedro Pascal back as Dinjarin. Um, and then we get, you know, once he gets on the transport, um, by the way, shout out to the cute little Rodian. You know, we, 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 I don't know where little Han found out about the whole Han shot first thing. But as soon as the Rhodium popped his head up, he said, oh, he shot first. I don't know where that came from. and He even said that in the in Target one day when he saw a Greedo figure. He's like, oh, Greedo didn't shoot first. I asked him later, I said, how'd you find out about that? That's like a pop culture thing. He's like, I just knew. Uh, anyway, that was crazy to me. Um, so... Uh, you know, he goes back to Tatooine and um, so we get to see Pelimata and the droids again, the pit droids and R5, which um, I guess it confirms that it was her who filmed the cameo in Boba Fett. Episode chapter three when they were just walking through Mos Musa- Eisley. Um, oh, and also, it's interesting to see how Moss Espa has grown into like the big city of the planet. And then Moss Isla is still like the backwater. You know, you got to go over that way to the Scum and Villainy area type, you know, not as grand um, town on the planet. No, that, That's interesting how that's been developed out. But, um, and I, I know it's not BD-1, but to see a BD unit droid in live action was awesome. And Lil' Han loves to play Jedi Fallen Order like I do. And, you know, he thought, is that BD-1? It's like, I don't think so. And, I mean, there's other BD droids. But that was so cute that they had him for the rest of the episode. And, uh, of course, you know, and there was the questions like, how you know, what's Din Djarin going to do for ship a uh, ship now? Um, I thought maybe he would still be with Bo-Katan and her group. And then riding around in a Mandalorian gauntlet fighter, which we did see in chapter twelve, no, chapter sixteen of uh, the Mandalorian. But no, he was trying to get another Razor Crest, which also confirms that that's the model, not the name of, not the name particular of the ship. Um, but then, turns out Peli's working on a custom in one Naboo starfighter, uh, which was totally awesome because it's one of the best looking ships in Star Wars ever. And so that's uh, that's where this is going to go. And I think that's pretty awesome uh, that that's his new ride. You know, think about it as a, you know, middle-aged dad myself. You know, he, he, he was driving the minivan, hauling the kid around. Kid went off to school. He's going through a midlife crisis. Now he's got his hot rod. Uh, so that was funny, if you think about it that way. But um, no, just good, nice little montage where they're working on it and custom building his ship. And then takes it out for the test drive. Gets to see the Rodian kid again. And, um, you know, of course he gets noticed by the X-Wing patrol again. You know, the tra- traffic beat is pretty, pretty big in that system. Um, and it makes sense that, I love that we got Paul, um, Paul Sung-Hyung Lee back as Captain Car- Carson Teva. Uh And it makes sense because, remember, they had to go sub-light speed from Tatooine to... Uh, Trask in season two of the Mandalorian and then had the detour on the ice planet model crease. I think it they confirmed in the toys. Um, so that's Tiva's beat, you know, that, that sector. So it make, makes sense that he would be there. It wasn't just like another, Oh, you know, all the, we're bringing back all the characters from Mando. No, it made sense that he was there. Um, so that, that was really cool to have him back. I hope he's in more, you know, if they still do Rangers of the new Republic that he's in that and they do the, come together series and the other X-Wing pilot was Max Lloyd-Jones who was the body stand-in for Luke in chapter 16 um, if you've watched the Disney plus special on how they made that that they combined him and Mark Hamill's performances so it's really cool to see him so you know he takes it off for the test drive everything works um, I mean you gotta think at some point we'll have Grogu popping up in the little dome where the droid socket was and then, um, you know, at the end of the episode, we get Phoenix Shan showing up and, you know, Din Djarin says he'll help Boba, but first he's going to go get Grogu. So I'm guessing next week, chapter six, uh, should be directed by Dave Filoni is going to be, I guess, Luke and uh, Grogu will show up. And, and my guess is because Din Djarin had so much difficulty wielding the dark saber, which is a great callback to Sabine in Rebels, about it being heavy and not being able to control it. I bet Luke does lightsaber training for Din Djarin, so he knows how to handle that sort of a blade. So I bet we'll see that. And then, you know, get the gang together. At the end of that episode, and then Chapter 7, which is the finale, will be Boba and his tribe um, taking out the pikes and getting uh, full control of Tatooine. And then probably at the end of that end of the season, Din will be like, Hey, I helped you out. Will you help me and go to Mandalore so we can retake our planet? That's a guess where that's going. Um, I I think I covered everything as best I could in about 15 minutes. I just had to talk about the episode because it was so Mando heavy. Um, But uh, thanks for listening. Haven't done the show in a while. I'm busy with the kids. Got Lil Han, the Padawan, the princess, um, they take up a lot of my time, but still love talking Star Wars with people, um, who, who like to listen. Um, so thank you for, for checking this out. Uh, I do have plenty of old episodes. I've got all the Mandalorian reviews. I reviewed Resistance, um, High Republic, uh, which I'm very, very excited about that, how that book series is going. I've got some interviews, uh, in the past. You can check those out. Most major podcast platforms, uh, Home base is anchor, but Spotify, Overcast, Google, Apple, um, uh, you can check out all those old episodes. Uh, you can follow me on Radio Dakar, um, social, uh, social streaming, um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, but again, thank you for listening and may the force be with you.